Welcome to Wanja City. My name is Wanja City, and you're now on board a rebuilding tour here on Wanja City, where we have more than audacity. We are Wanja City. We continue our trip through the memoirs of Nehemiah, and we're in chapter 4 of Nehemiah, this fourth episode of Rebuilding. Welcome. Looking back over my life, there have been times where I almost I almost quit. There have been people who've come around or been around my life who've tried, attempted, some even successfully, if I'm being honest, to dissuade me from pursuing certain dreams. I don't know why, but this memory keeps coming up. It's from many years back when I was about 12 years ago in primary school. We were from a school holiday or break, as was typical. We'd been given homework, one of which was straight up poem for or as part of our English holiday assignment. The memory itself is of this classmate or friend, and I hesitate to call her that since we weren't particularly close, just very class competitive. Anyway, she read the poem I'd written and asked whether I had written it, and I said yes. How long did it take you, she asked. I said not long, which was the truth, because it had taken me mere minutes to write that poem. It felt effortless, and as is sometimes the case, when something comes easy to you, you tend to take it for granted. So this classmate said something, and the way she said me it made me doubt my talent. A talent I didn't even know I really had, as I had never explored it, and so it withered away, rootless as it was, scorched by the heat of jealousy. Yes, I'll just out and call it that, jealousy. Over the years, I've thought about that, and I have tried writing some poems, but there's that look from a 20-year-old girl who didn't even know what she was doing. And that is why you've never heard of Wanja's poems or Wanja's witty ditties as I once called them. Because I let myself get talked out of a budding poetry gift. And this is just one of many others. There was dancing and singing and writing and acting. I see a trend here. Anything performance was a fight for me. I remember even trying out for a TV newscaster once. I thought I could read the news or I thought I'd even make a good radio presenter once. Even this podcast is a journey in self-discovery or rediscovery. Talking to people as I am now over this medium is a way, in a way, rebuilding a wall for me. It's building up broken down walls and repairing gates burnt by the fire of time, of age, of dead dreams, aspirations, and people. You see, people can really get to you, the looks and words, and we cannot pretend they don't matter because we have to live with these people. There's a song I really like. I was actually listening it recent I mean listening to it in the background recently. It's called People. There's a whole visual album of the same if you want to look it up and are interested. Now the songer a songer, the singer songwriter who's very gifted, if you ask me, sings about all manner of people and how the heart are hurting and how he wants healing from crazy, trolling, self righteous, entitled, hating, lying, disrespectful people. And how in the end we all need saving. Not just from all these kinds of people, but forgiveness ourselves when we are one of those people. Ouch, right? But people, hating people, haters, let's talk about them through the eyes of Nehemiah 4, shall we? A hater, as I'm using here, is someone who just wants to bring you down a peg or two for whatever reason. Not necessarily jealousy, but maybe that they simply, because they can't, yeah, they're spiteful or they simply cannot celebrate other people's successes. This is a person or people who must point out your weak points and go as far as to actively dissuade you from your objective. Someone who wants you to fail, plain and simple. 
Earlier on in the series, Rebuilding, we met two, actually three of these haters. There was Sanballat and Tobiah. Remember those names? They are back. The people are busy rebuilding their wall and gates and doing well as we left them at the end of the last episode. Then here comes Sanballat, who had they were rebuilding the wall and became angry. Greatly incensed, we are told. Then, in the presence of his associates and the army of Samaria, okay, paused. Why do some people do that? They can't just be angry in peace, but must include a whole squad. But I guess angry peace is not a thing. Anyway, Sambalat says some very discouraging statements framed as questions as follows. What are those feeble Jews doing? Will they restore their wall? Will they offer sacrifices? Will they finish in a day? Can they bring the stones back to life from those heaps of rubble burnt as they are? Then Tobiah, his sidekick. No, seriously, we are told he was at his side. Sidekick, huh? <laughs> anyway, sidekick says the following in the form of a question. What are they building? Even a fox climbing up on it would break down their wall of stones. Wow, such statements. By the way, I'm using the New International Version here. I like the way it frames the questions. Feel free to compare Bible versions and translation for a better understanding. I use whatever version makes it easier for me to get it. And okay, back to Sanballat and Tobias's remarks. They are really bullies. Not just any old haters who can do it from the comfort of their homes. These ones come out to taunt you. They're bullies in your face, haters. Okay, just haters, period. So the question is, what do you do when opposition is facing you? You're trying to do something great and here comes these haters. What do you do? What did the people do? They prayed. They prayed for God to hear them and for God to turn the insults back on the insulters' heads. Hmm. Good, good, good prayer. And then they continued build, building or rebuilding. Verse 6 actually tells us, So we rebuilt the wall till all of it reached half its height, for the people worked with all their heart, again from NIV. We see here that after the hateful remarks, the people prayed to God to deal with their haters, and then they continued building, and they rebuilt to half the wall's height. Why? Because they worked with all their heart. That's insightful. Are we working with all our heart? Am I building, rebuilding, working with all my heart? Have you ever known a bully to give up easily? These haters were not done. They came back with reinforcements. It was not just Anbalat and Tobiah. They got some other people from all around who heard of the repairs and were angry that the gaps of the wall were being closed. Now, how evil do you have to be to want to see your neighbor's walls broken down, gaps and holes all over? All these haters plotted together, came and, and they plotted to come and fight against Nehemiah's people and Jerusalem itself. Basically, they were rebel risers against the city. But again, the people prayed to God and posted a guard day and night to combat this threat. We do not stop praying simply because we are surrounded by our enemies and they don't go away after our first prayer. But there were realities on the ground to deal with. Do you recall in rebuilding when we talked of all the building shows and how inevitably some challenges encountered and of how the project planners must be ingenious to solve the problems as and when they occur? The reality is really on the ground. It's not just a show. And that's when problem-solving skills, leadership skills, come to the foreground. This is where all the building shows I watch and Nehemiah converge problem-solving. In Nehemiah's case, the people came to him seeing how the strength of the laborers was waning. There was so much rubble, so the people could, couldn't be, rebuild the wall. Okay, what's happening here? What is, we cannot rebuild the wall? We were doing just fine. 
There was also another report of the enemies to deal with who are threatening to kill them and end the work. Okay, come on. This over this is overkill surely. Kill the people to stop the work of rebuilding a wall. Why? What is more, the people who lived near the enemies or the haters came to Nehemiah not once or twice or thrice, ten times over that they would be saying they would be attacked wherever they turned. Well, it's understandable since they bore the brunt of those threats with their proximity to the enemies. Can you imagine someone taunting you every day? And over ten times to ten. Ten like the ten gates we saw in the last episode. Basically, they have us from whatever angle. And Nehemiah had to deal with all that. So what did Nehi do? Okay, Nehemiah. <laughs> Listen up, people. There are gems of strategic wisdom to glean here. The whole reason I'm using Nehemiah as a case study is precisely for his strategic leadership. First, he stationed some of the people behind the lowest points of the wall at the exposed places, posting them by families with their swords, spears, and bows. That's in verse 13. Now, I'm not saying get bows and spears. Get the point. Fortify the exposed, the vulnerable places of whatever project you're carrying out. That's first. Second, Nehemiah encouraged the people, the nobles, the officials, everyone. He told them not to be afraid of their enemies, but instead to remember the Lord who is great and awesome. So yes, God's people must always remember their awesome God. And then Nehemiah encouraged them to fight for their families, for their sons and daughters, wives and homes. We fight in prayer. We fight by working hard to provide and protect our loved ones. And we never forget our awesome God, even if we need Nehemiahs to encourage us every now and again. This story is two-part. Not only are we looking at our protagonist, who's Nehemiah and his people, we're getting a glimpse on their opposers, fondly called haters, and their plots. In verse 15, we are still in chapter 4 of Nehemiah, we see these enemies learning that the people are aware of their plot. And then God frustrated it. Yes, God! And the people returned to the wall, each to their own work. Do you see that? Are you hearing this? The evil plot was frustrated. People got back to work. The show must go on. The rebuilding continues. Let me tell you why I admire this man, Nehemiah. His strategy game is right there on top. He does not let up from that day on. Verse 16 tells us. He had half of his men do their work, while the other half were armed right behind them. So the officers were positioned behind the builders of the wall. Then there were those other men who were carrying materials who did that with one hand and held a weapon in the other. Even the builders wore swords at their sides as they worked. The only one who stayed with Nehemiah was the man who sounded the trumpet. I'll call him trumpeter or better yet, trumpet guy. Now visualize. We have one, the actual wall builders who have a sword strapped on their sides as they work. Two, on the ground are the officials who are behind the builders whose work is purely security. Them, they are fully armed. Third, they are the other workers who are bringing the building materials. Materials in one hand, weapons in the other. Do you see this coordination? Leaving nothing to chance. Work and stay safe. Build and protect simultaneously. Then there was trumpet guy. Nehemiah talked to all the people and told them that whenever trumpet guy blew that trumpet, they were all together at wherever that sound was. So if he was at, say, Shipgate, for instance, everyone was to rush over there. Everyone from Inspection, Eastgate, Horse, Water, Fountain, Dung, Valley, Old, and Fishgate would all go to Shipgate where the trumpet sound was heard. And then they would join Nehemiah and the trumpet guy who stayed at Nehemiah's side all the time. And there, God would fight for them, said Nehemiah. This was like clear five of protection. Code five people, trumpet blast. 
He added this because the work was extensive and the people were spread all over the world. So, so wise, so strategic. Wow. And that's how the work progressed. And they all stayed inside the walls at night to serve as guards by night and workers by day. Even Nehemiah and his brothers uh, stayed fully strapped all the time, even when they went for water. That, that's serious. So should we, by the way, we should always stay fully armed with the word and prayer as we build our paths, always listening for that trumpet sound. And that's rebuilding, part four. And that's how we deal with haters. Pray to God, stay ready, and keep building. Join me. In- next episode of the rebuilding tour right here on wanja city home of the audacious always remember you are a city on a hill that cannot be hidden get out and shine and keep building